Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. What are you doing? Sorry, the wind blew me over. Oh boy. Well, I can see I can see by all the huge spikes in my uh, in my um, audio feed here that I'm going to be doing some um, extra cleanup of the audio here, so I don't freak the listeners out. It made me jump when you did that because I was looking at my computer. So Welcome thanks. back once again, Bread and Circus Podcast. I'm Rooster here with Crow. How you doing, Crow? Hello. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Are you okay? Did you pee yourself a little? I, I, I sphinctered a bit. Uh, yeah, I was coming up the stairs, and the wind blew me over six or seven times. Right. Not not once, not twice, but thrice. See, I only thought it was twice. It only looked like twice to me. Seriously? Yeah. It was three times. I watched, I've seen it multiple times. He stumbled, and then he, and then he stumbled harder, and then he actually tried to get up, and his leg buckled, and he actually fell down that time. Yeah, well, regardless, he still looked feeble. Yeah, because he is. Yeah. He's, be. he's physically and mentally enfeebled. Yeah, he. they keep saying he hasn't given a State of the Union. Does Do most newly elected presidents give one? Uh, yeah. Well, right away, I don't think so. No. I always thought they did. I thought they the, the State of the Union like after the first year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, yeah, those are the worst. I hate State of the Union addresses. The, the fucking clown show those things are with the with the standing and clapping and sitting and and then boot you know the grimacing side and then the clapping side and it's just like uh it's like a popularity it's like a, a red carpet affair for them like I, a, like I Hollywood en- Hollywood re- movie event I did enjoy it when uh, heroically Nancy uh, Pelosi told tore up Trump's speech I mean, yeah well I mean she prepared the speech beforehand she she tore little pieces so that yeah. she could really get the good effect when it came time. Yeah, you could see her. She was doing yeah. it, but yeah, what a bitch. Yeah. Anyway. Well, sorry I fucked up your audio. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> and it made you jump yeah. on your chair. You saw me. That's why you're, you're laughing so much, because it actually made me jump. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. All right, what do we have to talk about today? We have a lot. So, Well, real quick, I, I, I brought this up to you before, but I've been watching The Expanse. It's a sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, show. It's on season five now, I think. But uh, um, there's uh, in season two or I can't remember season two or three or whatever. I suppose I can pull it up here. Um, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of characters on the show, but and there's a lot of political intrigue because it's basically the Earth is uh, run by like one prime minister of Earth, and then there's Mars, and they have their own uh, you know government. It's kind of like America and China. You know, Earth and Mars, and then there's the Belt, which is a bunch of con- conglomeration of uh, different people that mine all the critical metals and ores and stuff for the for the others. Anyways, political factions—that's what it is. Um, but the uh, Prime Minister of Earth is on on the verge of going to war with Mars, and it would be a big bloody war. And uh, you mean the God of War or the planet? The planet. And, uh, because if he's taken on Mars, like from the video game, he's going to use it. Don't derail me. So there's the, there's the prime minister 
has a, a guy kind of, um, you know, behind the scenes kind of manipulating him, basically telling like, him, hey, we need to do, we need to go to war. Like worm tongue? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but he also, the president also has this, this woman that, uh, that he brings in. It's like this woke character that they brought in just to be super woke. Like she used to, they used to go protest together and she's, uh, she's a lesbian. I was going to say, you have to get into how woke she is. Yeah. She, she, you come find out that she, you know, first scene she shows up in, she, she's walking past a, a line of protesters and one of the protesters busts through a barricade and then the police start beating on him. She rushes over. Hey, that's not okay. I'm like, bitch, you wouldn't be doing that for one. Isn't she a lesbian, multiracial doctor minister? No, she's white and she's got, I always got a smirk on her face. I can't stand the actress. She was in like, she was on Lost, I think. Um, but is her, uh, is her partner? Yeah. So she, so she, yeah, you've come to find out that she is a doctor and a minister, you know, so, you know, she's got that going on and then she has a lesbian, uh, well, she has a wife who's black and they have a mixed race daughter, which I don't understand how that works, you know, okay. cause they, they didn't, they didn't create that child together unless in the future they've figured out how to do that. <clears throat> And they just didn't explain it. But anyway, she's super woke. So they bring her in to be like the heart, like the for the for the prime minister, you know, whenever he starts getting too uh you know, too um toxically masculine, she comes in and like says, you know, remember when we were, you know, uh, bleeding heart liberals together, you know, and, and we were protesting together and you know, you have to be a good man, that kind of shit. So anyways, the guy that's whispering in his ear wanting him to go to war is name's Aaron Wright. And they finally kind of expose him for what he is, that he's behind the scenes manipulating the prime minister. Okay. And he gets caught and he gets called into the into the prime minister's room. Uh, and this woman is there with this smirk, this smug look on her face like, yeah, gotcha. And because she found a video of him basically saying what he was doing and showed it to the prime minister. And so prime minister is like basically, basically says, you're finished or whatever. And the guy goes... He doesn't even pay attention to the prime minister. He just looks at this woman. He goes, he he doesn't care about treason. That's just him parroting you because you talked to him last. If he spoke to a janitor, he'd be passionately disclaiming about a fucking mop. It's agonizing. I've lost count of how many times I've stopped him from blundering into political suicide. And now we have a chance to assure the future of Earth. And he's shitting himself because he's afraid the history books won't be flattering enough. And I'm like, I was sitting there watching that. I'm like, fuck, that's got to be somebody... Like one of the people, you know, um, puppeteering Biden. Like that's going to happen. We're going to hear that. <laughs> well, I heard today on Justice and Drew, they were saying that uh, he uh, talks to Biden or uh, talks to Obama daily. Yeah. Well, and then this episode, it came, I think, came out like last year. Before. By the way, what's this character's name? For who? In the Expanse. The the woman? Yeah. The that one, I don't like uh, Anna. The one you can't stand. I don't know. It's just Anna as far as I know. But. Yeah, the actress. I've never liked the actress because she always has that permanent, that permanent look on her face. Like, it's kind of a confused smirk. It's like uh, we were talking about how um, President Kamala Harris. I, I say, Rooster. I say President Kamala Harris. Yeah, I heard you. Oh, I'm not a racist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's comedy racist. Oh, okay, boy. I was like just waiting for that. Ah. I just, uh, I'm so used to your racism that it doesn't even. <laughs> she, but she always uh, starts laughing, you know, maniacally when she's nervous and tr- 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 to try to seem like I'm so cool and chill. I'm not nervous at all. But she does this laughter that's like nervous laughter. It's like you're obviously nervous because it's, that's not normal to laugh in that situation. 
And so this woman has that look on her face, like confused smirk. Like, I'm trying to be cool, but I'm kind of confused. And that's just the actress herself. It's not the character, because she does that in every fucking role she's in. Elizabeth Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't she in Lost? I'm almost sure of it. I don't know. That was like her first role. I'm looking here. Or one of her first roles that people would know her from. There was, uh, she looks like a character from uh, an HBO series, but I don't think it's her. Yeah, she even in the picture she has that she has that confused smirk yeah. on her face. Yep. I don't know. I I'm having a harder time, and maybe it's just because I'm getting older. I'm having a harder time separating actors from and and polit- and public figures from their political beliefs. You know. Yeah. Like I love U2's music, and I'm just glad Bono has shut up for a while because I don't want to write U2 off. You know, and for a while he was just getting pretentious. Yeah. So, well, I was told, telling you about a podcast I was listening to. I'm I'm very invested in it because I listened to like shit. Uh, I don't know, like eighty episodes of this is podcast. It, uh, is it a political podcast with a couple of guys who have been doing it for about 149 episodes? Because those guys, yeah, those guys are pretty awesome. They're good. No, this is just a. Uh, and if you were to hear that podcast, you would like it on Facebook and share it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think, uh, from what I recall, it's called Bread and Sorks' podcast with Rooster and Crow. Anyway, but the one I listen to is just like entertainment. But the latest episode, I I downloaded and tuned into, and I'm like, I'm going to listen to this episode while I'm driving. And he, the lead guy comes on and goes, hi, Black Lives Matter. And we're going to do a charity now where where we, um, if you you know pay into our Patreon or whatever, we're going to donate our money to that, the the fucking action fund that basically bails people out. Oh yeah. yeah. This is that needlepoint podcast you listen to. <laughs> yes. Needlepoint and knitting. Yeah. Oh, um, knitting. You're going to compare those two. Oh God. Yeah. So I can't even look at you, but the thing is like, normally I can, I can look past liberal bullshit because they've said things in the podcast before, uh, asides about Trump or something or about, you know, about Trump MAGA people. And I'm like, yeah, they didn't take, go anywhere with it. It was like, I, I get it. You guys are anti-Trump or whatever, but you're not, you know, bringing it up every two minutes or you're not like, you know, being like super obnoxious about it. So I'll let it go. Uh, but this shit where they're black lives matter and I'm going to donate, I'm donating money to a fucking cause that basically gets rapists and murderers out of prison. They don't even fucking spend two minutes to research it when all they had to do, if they want to do a charity, you're going to do a charity um, do uh, Shriners Children's Hospital or uh, St. Jude's or something or some animal shelter thing. Fuck off with the political shit. And I, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, fuck you guys. So I just I deleted the fucking show. I've been listening. I've been invested. There's more to come and I don't, I don't give a shit now. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Well, uh, I was going to say, I'm getting to the point where I grew up in a family where you were expected to give your opinion about stuff. And when you did, you were expected to uh, have people disagree with you. That's just how it was. And I think that's why probably two thirds of my friends are liberals. They're just more interesting to me sometimes. I mean, you don't want to just hang out with people who just agree with you about everything. You know, you kind of want to challenge your, it's one thing though. Liberals are one thing. Leftists are another. I know. And what I'm saying is I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to weed my leftist or my uh, liberal people garden. Because I just, I can't take some of this shit anymore. You know, the problem is, though, like, it's like Tim Pool. It's like most of the classic liberal types, they're, they're, they're so, so far off the mark from what, what the left is now. 
that if they haven't come around to like mostly your side on things, then they're fucking usually usually farther left than you'd want to deal with. Yeah, and the problem I have with them is, and again, I I'm anybody who knows me thinks this is going to sound pretty hypocritical. I have a problem with the leftists who just keep stating their opinions very boldly. Okay, now I've always stated mine very boldly, but most of the reason I've done that is to just have someone. It's like a sort of, hey, this is my opinion. Come at me, bro. And you can back it up. That's the thing. I can back it up. But I also, in doing that, have had my opinion changed. Not a lot of times, because generally I come with some research and some facts and something backs my, or a principle that backs my argument. And I'm tired of this just, you know, these people who are, you know, ethically fluid you know, who want to argue some certain thing and look down on you in this condescending way because you don't agree with them when they don't have any facts whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, people who say stuff like, it's the science. Well, and then it's always a smug disdain. Exactly. Where, where you actually try to push them to go, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you don't know. But that's, it's going back to this expanse thing. This is that kind of look that that actress yeah. and this character has, you know? Yeah. And that stuff really bugs me. And- um, so this is going to lead into a point I want to talk about, uh, something one of the listeners Raven sent me, um, but I went in to get my haircut the other day and it's just this little, you know, private studio thing where this gal has been cutting my hair forever. And this guy in this other chair, um, he's, I don't know, late sixties maybe. And he's going off about the second amendment. And I'm sitting in a chair just on my phone. It's like I wanted to walk over and punch the guy because he goes, you know, there's always going to be a Second Amendment. He goes, these gun people have got to start being sensible. Oh, God. You know, and he goes, there's no reason you should be able to have an automatic weapon, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it's just this kind of he goes, and if anybody thinks this shooting in uh, Atlanta wasn't racially motivated, they're an idiot. (laughs) And oh, but that was the funny part. He goes, the, you, sh- the shooting in uh, where was the one where they shot the Asian people? Uh, so he's got everything he's super informed, except dude. where the fuck it yeah. happened. Oh, he's, he, he's so very informed, and so he just, he's just showing how fucking dumb he is. I know. So, but, where, but he thinks he's the brilliant one, and yeah. everybody else is stupid. But he's viewing this like the government gets to decide. He goes, We have regulations for all kinds of stuff, and I wanted to walk over there. And again, the reason I, one, I'm getting to a point where I'm almost going to do this in public. I, I just can't take it. But out of respect to the people I know there for 30 years, I'm not going to cause a shit show in their store. But I wanted to walk over there and go, bitch, the government doesn't give us rights. Rights are things we have before a government exists. And that's the whole point of the fucking Constitution. It's that you have these certain inalienable rights. Whether or not you believe in God, you're born with them. It's the right to say what you want. It's the right to do what you want, as long as it's not harming others. And it's the right to protect your shit. And then we can have a government, you know? Yeah. And so people aren't getting it. And they're saying, well, we regulate, you know, when you can uh, drink alcohol. We regulate whether or not you have a driver's license. Yeah, fuck that. You can do that all you want. Those aren't rights. Those are things a government, it's part of a social contract. And they say, well, the guns can be part of a social contract. No, the whole fucking point of the Constitution, and because we don't teach school in school, kids don't know this. 
the whole point of the way the founders did that was to lay this out and say, all right, this is the stuff that's off limits. You can't touch this, right? Doesn't governments suck. People suck. When people run governments, they suck twice as hard. So here, this stuff over here, you can say what you want. You can live how you want. The government can't come in and put people in your house and blah, blah, blah. And people are just, they keep trying to look at that and go, we got to do something about these rights over here. Well, and the founding fathers created the constitution to limit the government. They didn't, yes. they didn't create the constitution to say, well, we need to figure out what kind of powers we need to give the government. No, because they knew that any chance the government, people in government get, they'll try to grab power. So they created the document to limit that ability. Right. And so when people come out, the government needs to do something. No, motherfucker, the government does need to do something. Government does way too fucking much as it is. Well, so I was having a discussion with a friend of mine about this shooting in Denver. Yeah. And they were like, this is a tragedy. I'm like, I agree. And they said, uh, you know, people have to do something about it. And I said, I agree. And they said, well, so now we got to take away the guns. I'm like, no, no, no. I think what we need to do about it is everybody needs to own a gun. Yep. Everybody needs to own a gun and... And, and become competent in it. Yeah, know what they're be, doing. Be comfortable with it. Well, and then he said, well, if we're going to... Oh, this was the guy in the... Uh, sorry, I'm getting confused. This was the guy in the uh, barbershop. Okay. He's going, you know, I think the government should say, you can have a gun, but you have to take classes and you have to be certified in it and blah, blah. No. Nope. No. Here's the thing. You can you can promote that and say, hey, we would like you to, and here's how we're going to... here We're going to entice you to do that by giving you, you know, discount this, that, or... You can do that, but you can't force people. If I have a problem with my neighbor, and I think my neighbor's a fucking batshit psycho, okay? My neighbor's not, but in this case. And I'm worried that my neighbor's going to do something to me. I want the right to go to the store, buy a shotgun, put it in my house, and go, when my neighbor kicks in my door, I'm going to shoot my neighbor. I'm not going to go out in the yard and cause a problem with him. But I don't want to have to take a three-month certification to be able to protect my stuff from my psycho neighbor. That when you call the cops and say my neighbor's psycho, they go, "He's not doing anything wrong." Or a woman's in a relationship. These are this is happens all the time where the why did you bring up women and psychos in a violent relationship? And she wants out, and she's afraid of the guy, so she wants to kill him. And so they, I don't like where you're going with this. So they tell you go get a restraining order, piece of paper, and that'll tell him to stay away. And then a lot of these women do, do that. They get the restraining order. The guy finds out. He comes back and he murders her or beats the shit out of her. Because she's a psycho? <sighs> Why did you? So if she had the ability to go out and get a gun to protect herself, she should do that instead of getting the restraining order before she gets the restraining order. Oh, okay. I was just so but used to But the problem is that a lot of these people, these women come to find out it ain't that easy to get a gun, especially in some of these states like the blue states, like you know, if you're in New York. See, I was just so used to your misogyny that when you... Misogyny. Yeah, when you compared the women and the psychos right away. That's where I yes. was that. I see you were way actually... Way to, way to try to derail my point. You were actually making a good point there. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I mean, I wasn't going to go over there and start barking at the guy. I kind of think I would have. I wanted... I don't think I would have barked at him, but I think I would have pushed... I, I would have been like, since he's being so fucking bold and so loud about it, I can, I can get in on this without being an asshole. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't care about being an asshole. Well, I thought you were worried about the people in there, you know. So. so that's why I didn't do it. But I was just like, uh, so I think what I did was the gal who cuts my hair, she's a Second Amendment person. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she was, uh, when she when I was going over to wash my hair, I was walking past this guy's chair and I'm like, that guy's being a dummy. And I said it loud enough for him to hear it. And he 
I don't know if he did. Maybe stiff. Mm. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I get so tired of the shit. I'm like, if you want to state your opinions, that's fine. You know, but expect people to disagree with you. I got into at, at one of my wife's family reunions. This guy had just seen, so this is 20 years ago. He's seen an inconvenient truth. And boy, it really, uh, it really said some things to him. And we've got to, we've got to do all this stuff. And we got to get rid of Al, all these. Al Gore's documentary yeah, about uh, global which, uh, warming, which couldn't actually be classified as a documentary because it wasn't true enough. Right. Just like Michael Moore stuff. So uh, he, uh, well, in, inconvenient truth might have actually had enough to be true, but it only has to be like sixty percent true to be a documentary. Hmm. But all the predictions in Inconvenient Truth have been wrong. So this guy's talking about how we got to cut back on fossil fuels and everything. We're at his place, his house, on a lake where he's got a huge camper. I'm like, but you have that camper. Yeah, but... But he was talking about how people have to get rid of unnecessary fossil fuels. other people do. Exactly. He goes, I don't think one of them makes a difference. There you have it. Right there. And I said, you don't see that as hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. do you? And he's like... He paused for a second and goes, no, I don't. And then he stormed off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. That, that argument would not go any better for him the longer he stayed. He knew that. I know. He just yeah. like, he walked away. He's like, eh, son of a bitch. You know, and I'm just like, I'm looking at my wife's dad, just looking at me like, really? I'm like, fucking give me another one. I'll do it again. Yeah. And so I just, I hate that stuff. I mean, I hate when people can't say, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm being a hypocrite on this. So I'm, I'm getting to the point where I can't take the people who just want to spout that shit and how dare you disagree with them. Yeah. You know, the pearl clutching that goes on when you go, yeah, I don't agree. Well, like if somebody just goes, oh, Trump, he's a fucking idiot. And you go, no, I think he did some great stuff. And they're just, like, oh, just. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You try to you try to get into an earnest discussion with these people where you like try to present fashion. You go, hey, I've got I've got points to make here i'm being earnest i'm not trying to treat you like an idiot i'm trying to inform you what i know and why i have my opinion but that's not what they're interested in they're interested they're, they don't want to hear facts they think they know it already because they heard the headlines they heard cnn's blasting it out every day you know the the headline news and they don't get any further into it than that and so they think they know it all that's all they need to know you know you're not going to change their mind and you're an idiot or you're evil so. Yeah, exactly. I just I can't take that they can't they can't handle disagreement. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I've had people in the past that I've had have been on the left and liberal, and we've had great discussions, and um, I've never really been swayed by by their their points, but I understand how they came across the way they feel because they were articulating where they came to f- from that. And I go, okay, this is a good conversation. Cause at least I understand where you're coming from. I don't agree with you. And those are kind of things. I don't have those conversations anymore with people. Well, and I feel like it's because, and I really feel like this happens on the left, although the left will say it happens on the right. I'm, I'm saying from my own experience, it's that people on the left have to go for the name thing first. You know, when they'll say, Go back to my previous example. Oh, Trump sucked. I hated him. Blah. He's and you go. Well, I think he did some real stuff. Oh, you would, dummy, racist, bigot, something Drumpf. like that. Yeah, they got to do that right away. And I always say to them, you know, by the time you are getting the insults to make your point, it just means you got nothing. Yeah. Right. And you got there really fast. Well, 
And so a good example of, of the name calling is after this Colorado grocery store shooting, uh, all these blue Twitter checkmark and actors and stuff. And we're coming out right away and going uh, another example of white supremacy, you know, white man, you know, we need to talk about the, the, the epidemic, the pan, the real pandemic of whites, whiteness in this country and, and entitled white men deciding that they've had enough and they're shooting things up and oh shit, turns out it wasn't a white man. They shot a bunch of white people at a grocery store. And then they shut up real quick. And then one of the guys that was talking about, and I, I don't know his name, but he was talking about how you know, I, I'd be willing to bet my whole year's salary that uh, that this it was a disgruntled white man that just wanted to take out whatever. And then come to find out it was a immigrant from Syria. Yeah. Um, Muslim immigrant from Syria. And he... Was he, he an immigrant? Yeah. Okay. So he came back on... This, this uh, blue check mark came on and says, well, that doesn't really matter because here's the stats that shows that most of these shooters are white anyway. Yeah, most of them are, but and, not this guy. Yeah, and then he goes, and then he goes, I might have lost that that bet, but here's why I'm really right. And then he goes, but let's not focus on him. I know. Fuck you. When, it, when you thought it was a white guy, that's all you want to do is focus on him and his whiteness and then basically lump every white person, male and female at this point, um, into the... the dehumanize us and make us you know we're all potential shooters we're all potential mass shooters so watch out i mean it's 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 the it's a blatant racism well you keep calling me names let's see what happens <laughs> and it's the only form of racism you, you can get, get away with now it's like uh who is it that um politician that said that when something comes up for a committee she's not she's not going to vote for anybody but people of color or lgbt uh, QIA plus whatever people she won't she won't consider anybody I else. I don't know. Well, so without saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna consider anybody who's straight and white. She didn't come out and say it that way. She says I'm only gonna consider people that are um, of of, uh, of color or or LGBTQ. Well, basically you're saying then then you're being racist against white people. She should be fucking drummed out of office right there. Well, yeah. I mean, shouldn't it be the most qualified person? Yes. Well, so the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, the Chanhassen is a suburb, western Minneapolis. They just, uh, this dinner theater that goes way back, you know, 50 years or whatever, maybe even farther than that. They just canceled their latest production of Cinderella because they cast it and everything. They had auditions and did it, and they went, wait, this cast is 98% white. How can we go forward with me, a cast that's 98% let me white? clutch my pearls here. Holy shit. I know. Stop touching your balls. That's not what. That's not what. That <laughs> that's not what that means. That's not what that means. Oh, I've been doing it wrong then. <laughs> um, so I I wanted to bring this up, and this sort of leads into what I was talking about with some of the stuff. The someone on this is from not the B, so it's not Babylon B. Uh, brought up a question. Uh, I don't even know who this woman is. Uh, Sirut K Chaula. I, I don't know who she is. Maybe she's not any public figure at all. She said. What was your woke breaking point? In other words, what was the point where you'd had it with wokeness? And some of these answers are pretty good. Um, this one woman says, uh, my indoctrinated psycho psychologist brother screamed to my face, who are you to define what a woman is? I calmly answered, I am one. I'm adult female. He has not spoken to me since. Typical, I mean, this is crazy. Huh? Uh, this one, this is for you, Crow. Uh, this guy says, when I took six and a half minutes to research the very fine people claim, uh, made me realize the woke's capacity to create their own reality. And it's from CNN. 
in ethical editing and the source material shows, you know, Trump speech, but they then go back and show the spots that they crossed out. Like yeah. it's literally them crossing it out. And uh, it's where he puts very bad people when he's talking about neo-Nazis. They took out the line where he says, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis. Yeah. They just put the neo-Nazis. Well, that's a, a good a good litmus, litmus test for when you're talking to a person who's anti-Trump. Mm -hmm. And if at this point you go, okay, um, what's so bad about Trump? Do, do you think he uh, supports white supremacy? Do you think that he, that how, how why do you, and then they, if they bring up that and they go, well, he called, you know, white supremacists, very, very fine people. Yeah. And if they say that, you know, you're fucking done yep. because that is such a bold lie. That's so easy to dis to, to um, uh, dispel that lie. And it's been out for so long that if they're, if they don't, if they still believe that they're, they're, they're so fucking ignorant or they're willfully ignorant. Either way, they're not worth trying to fucking talk about with this kind of, this kind of shit anymore. Well, there was a guy in the thirties in Germany who said, uh, We've said this before. He says, make the lie big, make it believable, and just repeat it. Yeah. Um, so here was another guy. He says, uh, when, I was the, when I was a deaf night shift janitor at a private Christian college, I was broke and suddenly deaf, having to drop out of my college because I was suddenly deaf. He says, I was scraping gum off the bottom of desks and picking bottles uh, with chew spit in them when I saw on the chalkboard two columns, privileged and oppressed. Underprivileged, I saw everything that I was. Dirt poor, uh, white male Christian with a disability making minimum wage. The oppressed, under oppressed, I saw everything pertaining to woke visiting professor, black, lesbian, atheist. Uh, I looked up, I looked her up and found that she made $40,000 a year to complain about me while I made twenty four k per year to clean up after her. She was paid that to complain about me while I was paid to be abused by her. That's what white, that was the white privilege tour of 2004. Hmm. Um, there's, I mean, there's some good ones in here. Uh, it's if you can find the threat again, it's on not the B. Well, I think um, when you hear somebody that considered themselves left Democrat or liberal, when they get reached that point, like uh, Sarah Silverman, um, I don't like her. Never did. She's a, a lefty, lefty comedian. Um, she finally came out and said, I'm, I've had it with these, with these Democrats. Now she's not saying I'm all of a sudden Republican because she says right. she's had it with Republicans too, but at least, you know, you're, you're getting some of that where they're going to work. They're kind of waking up to, boy, these people are shitty. And there's the, all the circular firing squad is happening now where the, the woke are trying to outwoke the woke. Well, and they have to, because the right is starting to stand up and say, say fuck, fuck you. off. Yeah. And, that's why they want to bring the power of government in here because they say you're racist and you don't, if you don't like kowtow to that and say, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I'm, I didn't mean to offend anyone. If you just go, fuck you. They're like, well, how dare you? Someone call the police. Someone make somebody do something to these people. Yeah. My feelings were hurt. Yeah. And that's, that's the worst part. It's like they want to destroy people's lives. Not even just, that's what this cancel culture is. It's not like if you disagree with somebody and they hurt your feelings and it's not their fault that your feelings are hurt. It's your fault that your feelings are hurt. You take offense. Um, you can choose whether or not to take offense, but anyways, uh, not, it's not good enough for these motherfuckers to say, well, fuck, I'm not, I'm going to disassociate with that person or I'm not going to deal with that person. Or if, if it's a celebrity, I'm not going to watch their movies. No, they have to find ways to make it so that that person can no longer get a job. Um, that person um, is, uh, you know, um, excommunicated from whatever social circles they're in. Um, 
whatever business they work for, they're going to get fired, all kinds of shit. They, they want to destroy their life. They, they would be happy to see them become suicidal. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I don't even know if that would be enough for them. Here's another one of these real quick. It was, uh, when was your woke tipping point? On a second date, her lecturing me with a smug smile, uh, the inherent truth of my white privilege over, su- over a sushi dinner, which I was expected to then pay for. Mm-hmm. Did he? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If he did, I hope he got laid. That's the only so. reason to put up with that shit, I guess. <laughs> well, sushi is okay. Yeah. You know? um, no, yeah they- I, I, I get tired of these people who are, you know, they want to they want to see somebody punished. I remember on a gaming forum I was on, somebody was going on this rant about they just thought it was so cool that they were at Target the other day and uh, they witnessed a trans woman in line being attacked by this older white guy who was just bitching at her about how she wasn't really a woman, you know? First of all, did that actually happen? Hang on. It gets better. Okay. And then they said this guy, big biker guy, um, you know, with tattoos and, a, you know, the biker vest and everything, came up behind him and said, hey, oh, you'll call her a woman. And that's how. <laughs> and, and I'm like. Bull fucking shit. I just put on there, it never happened. It didn't. And the person goes, are you calling me a liar? Yes. I said, I'm not necessarily calling you a liar. I don't know if you do that habitually. I'm telling you that this, this is a lie. This is a lie. Yeah. If you want to infer that I mean you lie all the time, go ahead. I'm just talking about what you said is complete bullshit. Yep. And they were like, no, it happened. And I'm like, no, it didn't, because no one would put up with that. No one in Target is going to stand there while somebody says, uh, you better say this or I'm going to beat you up. What's more likely that happen is you're going to get what happened at GameStop when that fucking dude it's got ma'am. It. It's ma'am. It's ma'am. It's <laughs> ma'am. Starts throwing shit and kicking shit. That's what you get. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, you wanted to write, you wanted to write this story so that you had the hero, heroine, and the villain, and the white knight. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, there's no way, if you came up to me and threatened me in Target, you know, I, it, depending on who you are, if you outweigh me by 50 pounds and you got cauliflower ears, I'm not starting shit with you there. But you know what? I also know you're not starting shit with me in Target. All right? I know you're not going to do it. Yeah. Because if you do it, the cops start showing up. So if you, if I'm wrong, then you're a psycho and I'm in trouble. But most likely I'm not. This reminds yeah. me of along the lines where they, the Twitter people um, say, this is what my eight-year-old daughter said. And it's like this stupid woke screed. And you're like, okay, this is bullshit. Your daughter didn't say this. See, I'm going to be a chick here and call you out on something from years ago that we disagreed on. I remember I said, one of the things that bothers me is when people quote stuff. And this was a uh, friend of mine on Facebook was quoting a Hubert H. H. Humphrey quote. And in it, he's like, it's been said that you can uh, tell a society how a society, uh, a lot about a society by how they treat their people in their twilight years or whatever. And I said to my friend, well, who said it? And he goes, it's Hubert H. Humphrey. I'm like, no, no, no. He didn't say it. He said, it's been said by. And it's it's like it lends some gravitas to this. And I was telling you, and you're like, eh, I don't I, really care. I still don't care. I, see, I, I don't think that's any different than saying, well, this is what my eight-year-old said. No, you're trying to sound profound 
based on what somebody else. Why doesn't Hubert no, or Chumphrey just say? No, what you're trying to do with that with your child is go to, look how preco- precocious and smart my child is, because they're saying all these like deep um, things, and that that makes me look good. It's like Munchausen by proxy or whatever the. Yeah, see, I I wouldn't take it as that's how they were doing it. What I mean with it with the Humphrey quote is, he's sort of saying like. If I say this, it's not as big a deal if I can say, well, it's been passed down through the ages. Hmm. You know, if it's your quote, then say it. And I can disagree. Don't give me this. Oh, it's been said stuff. It doesn't it doesn't change any of it, but they're they're implying it does. I guess sometimes when I say a quote, I won't attribute it because honestly, I don't know where it came from because I'm hearing it from somebody who heard it from somebody, you know, your pet, you know, a celebrity will say it. But you will at least say, I don't know who said this. I can't remember. I I won't act like it's my own quote. But sometimes if it's kind of well enough known quote or something, I'll, I won't like say, I'll be like, obviously it's not my quote, but it it applies to this situation. So I'm not going to say, you know, speaking of this person said this, I'll just say, I'll just say the quote. But like whenever I say the tree of liberty should be watered from time to time with the blood of tyrants and patriots, I don't go. That was Jefferson saying that or something. Or, no, I know what you mean. You know, but but it's like it, my point is he's trying to make himself to steal a word from the Simpsons. He's trying to embiggen, embiggen himself, himself. <laughs> by making himself sound like more profound. Yeah, you know, and just just say, hey, I think society is, uh, you know. It's judged on how it treats its oldest people, you know? I thought it was how it, how it treats the poor. Uh, no, I think it, it might have been the maybe, poor maybe and it people got, in the twilight Maybe it got morphed or something. And, yeah, I don't know. All those quotes kind of get bastardized after a while. But as much as, you know how much I love quotes and all yeah. that stuff, I'd never heard of that thing. Never once. Yeah. And that guy's from our freaking state. He was vice president, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and I've never heard that quote. Not from anybody but him saying, well, it's been said. It's just stupid. Hmm. So I'm still, me I'm, off, I'm, still, I'm still not uh, convinced by your argument, <laughs> but I see where you're coming from and I can understand how you got there. Shut up. asshole! <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this really quick since we brought it up. The Colorado shooter. I don't want to. You don't go ahead. Well, I'm going to start with the Atlanta shooter. Racist. Um, I bet he pronounces it uh, Kamala. I'm sure he does because that's, you know, the proper way. Atlanta shooting suspect tells police attacks are not racially motivated and he was purportedly driven by sex addiction. Um, And people go, well, why did he choose Asian massage parlors? And I go, first of all, that's because that's kind of their forte. That's what you see the ads from this place. Yeah. It's like base. It's blatant. Yeah. It's basically, but there wasn't just Asians there. They had, you know, Hispanic and, and white women there too. I'm sure there's black women working in some of these, these uh, Asian massage. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, why are you winking? Well, because you know there's a line they have to draw. <laughs> I I don't. So, but there uh, he killed eight. I think eight. Pe- no, yeah, eight people altogether. Was it? So he had like yeah, six of whom six were Asian. Asians and then two white women. And I think he shot. I think a Hispanic or something like that. Um, and they're going well. That doesn't, someone knows how to duck. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They go, because he targeted because they were Asian massage parlors. And I go, he targeted because that's where he knew to get um, illicit sex. Yeah. It, if it would have been a Russian massage parlor in his area. They'd and, have shot him. And, yeah. They, yeah, <laughs> they would have. The women would have shot him. Don't mess with Russia. But, but if it, it doesn't matter the race. It just matters, you know. Yeah, the race is intrinsic to Asian massage parlors. There, I'm sure, depending on where you go, there's different ways to get um, a sexual favors 
um, from different races, and it just depends on where you're at. And he was close to these areas, and this is where he got his, uh, I don't know. His jollies? Yeah. His... Listen, in Russia, mm-hmm. prostitutes fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just ir- irritated when they're just looking towards It's just whatever race. fits and, in there. But, but it's not, it, it's, it's trying to say, white people are the problem and that's what the narrative has been for the last fucking six seven years now yeah I'm tired of it it needs to stop and white people need to stop put there's so many white people that are that are fully invested in that narrative too that you know that's like you're you're not helping society none of you are you're making things worse you're driving divisions like i said before obama was elected race race relations in america were pretty good before Obama got elected, and Obama decided that you know, and and his wife, uh, Michael, were always co- talking about how shitty America was, and how white people always mistreated them, and how they had to try to act white and whiteness and white, and that if if the police mistreated a black guy, it's because you know he's black and they acted stupidly, and if you know Trayvon Martin, you know he looks like he could have been my son, you know it's like all this racial division stuff's been amping up ever since Obama got elected president, and that yeah. was supposed to heal the fucking country. Yep. Which I knew was going to be bullshit. But okay, so the Atlanta shooting, that's nonsense that it was that it was racially motivated. It wasn't. Uh Colorado, they were really hoping that well, this Before you get to Colorado, it what would be the point of it being racially motivated in Atlanta? When had and I know they're talking now about, you know, stopping the Asian hate. Matt Christensen had a video on it that showed basically it's not increasing. No. The FBI statistics don't show an increased amount of a significant, well, a significant increased amount of hate against Asians. No, Asians are generally not a problem for people. When they talk about racism, we're not talking about Asian races. Well, and you want to talk about the attack, uh, racial attacks, who per- perpetrates most of the attacks, interracial attacks. They don't want to talk about that. Is it Kamala Harris? Yes. Uh, uh, Jewish people in New York were getting attacked. There was a spike of Jewish um, people getting attacked in New York, and they were talking about initially about how bad that was until they kind of went into it and said, "Yeah, it was all all black men that were doing it, like, yeah, exclusively." It's... And the same with with uh, with the Asian stuff right now. If you look or Hispanic attacks, like interracial attacks, it's mostly guess what. Black, people. black men between the age of whatever sixteen yeah. and but you know 29. why you know why that's happening right because white supremacists are making them do it yeah so okay we go to the Colorado thing that people were very excited because they thought he was white and they saw the picture of him being ex- escorted out like shirtless they're like oh yeah if it would have been a black man he'd be dead you know that kind of thing well guess what uh, a man armed with six guns and body armor was arrested inside an Atlanta grocery store. Um, that was 18 hours ago and Washington post put this on. So that must've been, yeah. Customer saw him walk in and go into the restroom. Yeah. Charles Russell was shopping for an Instacart order inside a public supermarket in Atlanta on Wednesday afternoon when he saw a man with a rifle walking into the bathroom because I saw an air 15. Um, this kind of startled me. And just again, with the events that recently happened in the grocery store up in Colorado, Russell told a store manager about the gun and an employee phoned the police who arrested Rico Marley, 22, after the after he exited the bathroom, the Atlanta Police Department said in a news release. 
Officers found six firearms in Marley's possession, including two long guns and four pistols. They also found body armor, ammunition, and a knife, according to a police photo of the weapons. Yeah, he had, a, he had an arsenal with him. Um, while the police say they have yet to determine why he allegedly bought the large, brought the large arsenal into the grocery store, the incident raised public alarm after the deadly shooting in Colorado, where police said the 21-year-old gu- uh, gunman um, killed 10 people, including an, an officer. Um, that came just that incident came just week one week after a man shot and killed eight people. So yeah, this is kind of a little spate of of crazy shooting shooting people. Up. Did you say spate or spade? Oh, yes, you got my speech impediment. Really, crow, do better. But this guy, guess what? This guy at this, what they arrested coming out of the bathroom, black Wait. guy. Oh no no no, he's not because they would have shot him. <laughs> when cops see black guys, they just shoot them. Yeah. Right. It, yeah, and and so instead of talking about um, you know the guy's race or, or or you know trying to figure out where he came from, they're like, no, let's not give him the the let's not give him any kind of uh, um, attention that he wants. We're not going to talk about this guy. We're, as a matter of fact, let's not talk about this story. It just doesn't fit any of the narrative right now. Do you know how they in um, that South Park cartoon about the they're coming right for us? You can shoot anything if you say it's coming right for us. Mm-hmm. You know, the cops do that with black people. He's black. black guy. <laughs> and everyone goes, oh, okay, well, he's getting off now. Well, you know what You know what they're going to say about this one? It's really not a story because it's not a mass shooting. Exactly. He didn't shoot anybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what they'll say. Yeah. So, I mean, not, those, not that the police, that this that this person was, was uh, you know. Those were returns because the white store manager sold this guy faulty ammunition and guns. Uh, so, so he was bringing them back. Okay, he was just trying to do it the most safe way possible. He had to pee first. Right. And he knew the reason he wore the body armor is he knew the cops were going to show up and kill him. Yeah. So he was taking, he was a responsible man who was taking reasonable precautions to do his civic duty to call out the white supremacy of this uh, white store manager. Yeah, I don't want to get into the whole... Um, the gun thing, like the gun grabbing that they're going to try to do. Cause that's just, that's par for the course. But I mean, we've brought this up a long time ago on many podcasts about the second amendment, about gun rights and about how, when they take guns away from law abiding citizens or they make laws that make it pretty much impossible for law abiding citizens to have those guns. Um, the unintended, unintended consequences usually are that women, um, you know, single women, elderly people, whatever, end up getting uh, up, uh, attacked and hurt a lot more. It goes up and, and home invasions uh, rise because these you take two or three guys kicking a door. They know there's not going to be any guns in the house. They can get a gun. But fewer people go swimming. Okay. Because they know about all those guns that have been lost in the river. Mm, okay. So stay out of the water. Just don't lose your guns in a swimming pool. It's too, right. too, easy, to, too easy to find them. Well, no, you would want to find them so you could turn oh, them yes, in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, reasonably. Mm-hmm. You well, just... don't lose them in a swimming pool because the chlorine is bad for them. Yeah, you could, just... but they're going to melt them down anyway. Okay. You know. So, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about that. I, I'm kind of, like, all the stuff that we said before, it'd be, I mean, we could bring it all up again, but it's like, it just seems to, it goes in these cycles, never changes. Yeah. All the same lies keep getting brought up, even though we debunk this shit out of all the lies from the left. It doesn't matter. They just, like you said, it's just, just repeat them. Yeah. And the dummies listen. 
Well, because they think your gun in your house, in your safe, the ones you had before you lost them in the river, mm-hmm. um, somehow endanger them. Like I remember this retired general on uh, Bill Maher's show a couple years ago. He was talking about, you know, I have guns and nobody's ever kicked in the front door of my house and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, well, it's never happened to you, so. Yeah. Shit. And he goes, you know, my guns have never shot anybody, blah, blah, blah. It's like. Do you have a fire extinguisher in your home? Yeah, that's a great Fuck argument. You. Yeah. You have a fire extinguisher just in case your house starts to burn down. Mm-hmm. So. But, you know, a fire extinguisher can't be used to murder people. Uh, apparently it was used to murder <laughs> Officer Sicknick. And, Debunked. Uh, <laughs> sh- no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Um, so this is a uh, article here I saw. It's... Um, I'm, I, it looks like it's from humanevents.com. Uh, it's a politics article about Ron DeSantis, who is now being called Ron DeSantis. Oh, clever. By the left. They love uh, doing little plays on names. Yeah, and it goes on to point out that Florida, which has been pretty wide open now, I mean, they still want you to wear a mask. I think restaurants are at 75% capacity, but you don't have to wear a mask. Uh, Florida is the third largest by population, oldest by average age, state in the country, and they are 27th in cases of COVID and death and all that stuff. California, which has been locked down forever, is 28th. So in other words, it doesn't matter what you do. The worst three, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island. Not necessarily in that order. Let's throw Rhode Island out of there because the population of Rhode Island's got to be like a million people. Is population density there pretty? I mean, yeah, that's I has something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the least populated state in the country is Wyoming. It's got like half a million people in yeah. it. You know, North and South Dakota each have, well, I think North Dakota is like 750,000. Yeah. South Dakota is like I mean, a obviously when it comes to disease, population density is going to make a difference. I think Rhode Island probably has, if I had to guess, I'd say slightly over a million people in the size of my backyard. Right. You know, uh, and that's not to say I have a big backyard. So regardless uh, of what the steps they took or what they do, this uh, disease like that's going to run its course, especially in, in that. And, of course, when you have a governor that, you know, decides to put sick people in with, with elderly people in a home, then, you know, that's going to ramp up the numbers. Yeah, so it goes on to say, so how did this happen? Well, Democrats focused on processes. DeSantis focused on outcomes. Throughout the pandemic, progressives have embraced public uh, health theater, heavy-handed, highly visible, costly interventions that last or that lack evidence of effectiveness but appease the media-fueled anxieties of their voter base. Cloth face coverings, plexiglass barriers, and lockdowns all fall into this category. My science. Yeah. By contrast, DeSantis eschewed uh, performative virtue signaling, that's a great phrase, mm-hmm. in favor of evidence-based measures. The, while the party of science called him a murderer, DeSantis followed the science and it saved lives. Uh, hang on, I'm going to scroll down here. Um Instead of reporting the inconvenient truth about Florida, DeSantis media critics from the Miami Herald to MSNBC have obscured facts with an outlandish conspiracy theory. Countless employees from multiple agencies colluded with the governor to conceal the true number of COVID deaths in the state. The single source, Rebecca Jones, who was fired from a low-level job at Florida's Department of Health uh, in May of 2020, Jones claimed without evidence that the DeSantis administration told her to manipulate the COVID-19 Florida 
data for Florida's reopening, then fired her to cover her track, <laughs> their tracks. Department of Health personnel records indicate, however, that Jones was actually terminated for courting publicity, posting the agency's charts on her personal blog, and even sabotaging the state's COVID-19 dashboard. That didn't stop the mainstream media from lionizing her, enabling her to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to launch her own COVID-19 website. She promised to publish the real numbers that DeSantis allegedly was uh, suppressing. But in fact, Jones' site used the exact same data as Florida's official dashboard. So she has a thing on here that says, Becca wants to build a new dashboard and show the real numbers, but needs support to buy software and pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Just a grift. I know. Are you fucking it's kidding a bl- me? It's a blatant grift, and people fall for it. I mean, big people fall for this shit a lot. Well, but Tim Poole pointed out in one of his podcasts that red states aren't listening. You know, so uh, uh, Biden gets out. I keep wanting to say Obama, but Biden gets up there and he says, we're going to have a mask mandate. And the states go, you can't make us. And he's like, well, you're right, but we're going to do other stuff. But I really need you to wear masks. I need it. Yeah. We need to, we need unity. So you motherfuckers go sit over there Mm. and uh, do what we tell you. We, the enlightened few. You know, really quick, it did remind me of the when Rand Paul um, sat across and questioned Fauci and called it, you know, um, theater, you know, yeah, the mask. It, it was really good. You could tell Fauci was getting just pissed off. And I'm like, good. But here we go with the theater again. Yeah. I mean, and people are like, who is Rand Paul to question Dr. Fauci? Rand Paul's a doctor, too. It, it don't have to be a doctor. Just have a brain in your head. Yeah, but I mean, they yeah. said. When they get into this thing about uh, what are your credentials? Well, he's a doctor. He went to medical school. He understands how this works better than any of you questioning him. You know, so who are you to question who he is? Yeah. Rand Paul was saying that uh, it, the, it shows people that have had the, had coronavirus or have had the, the vaccine. There's no cases of anybody spreading the disease at that point. There's none. It doesn't happen. Once, yeah. you, once you've had it and he goes so at this point then if you've got the vaccine why are you wearing a mask right and he goes isn't this theater and he goes no 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 because there's different variants and you don't know the testing this then like shut the fuck up well he was trying to say that if an expo a person with the vaccine gets exposed to a new strain it could you know it could basically sh- my words not fauci's uh you know uh make a super strain because it wasn't resistant to that virus and that virus learned from it and it'll kill us all. Jesus. It's like, do you understand where that argument goes? Yeah. That argument goes along the lines of we can't ever be done with yeah, this. We're all going to be bubble, bubble, pe- bubble boys. Yeah. Bubble oh, boys and girls now. And speaking of never being done, did you hear what the, the National Federation of Teachers is doing now? Something fucking evil, yes. probably. So this is, uh, you know, they got all their money. They're going to get paid. Most of the money that they're getting from this uh, COVID emergency thing doesn't come for a couple of years. I mean, they're going to get paid out over time. And this is really because they realize public school enrollment is tanking. Mm-hmm. People are getting their kids out of there, just like I said they would. And they realize they're not going to be able to support this. So now the CDC has come out and said, you know what? Six feet, we can go down to three feet. We'll be okay. And the teachers union, which has gotten their money, gotten their ventilation, gotten their, uh, um, at least their money for their ventilation, in many cases already put in. They've gotten everything they asked for, and they're like, yeah, we're not comfortable with that science. 
Like, who the fuck are you to tell the goddamn CDC who you've been touting forever that suddenly they're wrong? And I heard a pundit, I think it was on Fox Business News, said um, the, the if you think the teacher's union is about helping kids, you're wrong. It's about helping teachers. That's what they are. Yeah, but by extension, isn't that helping the children? No. <laughs> That's what they want you to think, though. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't help the teachers, how can they help the children? Um, I'm going to say this right now. We talk about bold opinions. And uh, if people don't like it, come at me, bro. I think if you are a teacher at this point and you believe you can't go back to school because you aren't safe, you suck. You, you, don't, you don't get it. No, but what if their truth is that that it, it is, isn't that it isn't safe? There is no their truth. No, their truth is no, telling is, them that it's not safe. There is no their truth. <laughs> there is truth. The truth does not have adjectives. <laughs> just like justice doesn't. Right. There is no social justice. There's just fucking justice. Yeah. So I suppose that sounds funny because I said no adjectives and I just said fucking justice. Ah. Mm. I didn't even I didn't even notice. Okay, some of them you can. Yeah. <laughs> It's commonly racist. <laughs> well, we're getting close in time here. I had one more story, but it's not really all that important. Well, let's hear it anyway. Um, you can't just tease that shit and say, talk to you later. I just thought it was kind of funny that, you know, did you know Epstein didn't kill himself? Oh, uh, yeah, I knew that. Um, so this, all the the hearings, I guess, have been going on still with this Ghislaine Maxwell, who was his, you know. His I think it's Ghislaine. F- sure. Facilitator. I don't care. It's just laying you racist. Um, so what's funny is it's kind of like it's been pushed pushed aside by the by the you know the twenty four hour news media decided that there's something new and fresh to talk about, and the elites have really want this covered up, mm-hmm. and they're going to get their way. Um, the the latest that is this is from Breitbart. Um, uh, a federal judge in New York City ruled Thursday that various redactions sought by both alleged Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein, Madame Ghislaine Maxwell, and prosecutors should remain in place. So the district judge, Allison Nathan, agreed to multiple redactions um, while okaying a majority of the redactions requested by lawyers. So what he basically said was that the details in this were too sensational and impure for public release. Yeah, look, just because uh, Epstein's got a whole list of uh, big heavy hitters that were at his island diddling kids. Um, yeah, you got Bill Gates sitting there, you know. Yeah, I mean, that. look, that's not important. What's important is that Jeffrey Epstein was a bad person and now he's dead, so let's just move on. So here's a couple of quotes. It just tells you how kind of sickening this is and how the elites are covering for each other. Um, the Judge Nathan did side with Maxwell and several additional redactions proposed a transcript submitted as part of the government's filing, finding to make those detail details public would only tend to cater to an appetite for the sensational and impure. Those portions of the transcript which were redacted in the civil matter concerned privacy interests, and their disclosures would would merely serve to cater to a craving for that which is sensational and impure. The court thus concludes that such redactions are justified. Basically saying, this is there's some people that she talks about doing some nasty shit and it's going to make them look bad. And since they're not on trial, we don't, you know, we don't want to stir people up against them right now. It's probably, it's probably better just to kind of keep this quiet. It's like, it's disgusting. But here's the problem the left doesn't understand. And this keeps happening and this gives me hope, right? 
is it's out there now. It's someone knows and it's going to get out, you know, all of this stuff that happens. I mean, uh, like when uh, Trump won the first election and the guys at Google were like, hey, we can't have this happen again. Someone's videoing it and they let the video out. And Google was like, how the fuck did that happen? (laughs) You're like, because there are people even at these very left wing organizations who don't agree with it. They, they're smart, they keep their head down, they keep quiet, but guess what? They come out once in a while and go, someone was talking some shit. Yeah. And so here we go. I just, I just, I just really, we need a win when it comes to justice. We need, we need these elites that are blatantly doing bullshit that would get us thrown, put in prison forever. I need, somebody just needs to fucking pay to make you feel like there's not a two tier, three tier system, which there is. Well, that's why they killed Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. See, he paid. So, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I'm I'm just... Uh, the, you get to the point where you're like, well, I mean, the elites get away with shit. That, I mean, that's all there is to it. Well, but you know who's going to let some of this stuff out? So all the left is going to start hating the left because the right doesn't care what the left thinks about him anymore. They just don't care. Yeah. And they're not putting up with it, and they're saying, do something. And so the left is like, you know, you're an ist with an ism and blah, blah, blah. So pretty soon when the when the left when the right doesn't get scared, they start going after people on the left. You know who's going to turn some of this stuff over? Is some lefty who's got a beef with another lefty. They're going to say, hey, Bill Gates was on that island, and here's Ghislaine Maxwell's testimony and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just, it's going to happen. This stuff is going to get out. It's the tree of knowledge, man. Somebody's well, eating from it. I guess. I just, I wish. It's never going to be to the degree that you want because uh, listening to Justice and Drew, they had, uh, I think it's Joe Friedberg, defense attorney on there. And he said, look, not every injustice in the world has an equal um, amount of retribution. I'm paraphrasing what he said. So not every bad thing that happens in the world is punished. Yeah. You know, and you just have to understand that sometimes. And he was talking in the context of the Chauvin trial. He's like, if this winds up being a mistrial or something like that, because, you know, the city came out and made that settlement and skewed the whole thing or whatever, uh, just because you want something to happen and you believe an injustice was done doesn't mean that there's always a remedy for it. Yeah, no, I get that. But it, it is disheartening, especially with these, with this these like perverts you just really want to see justice in these cases where you know they're attacking hey, they're not perverts they just have different attractions yeah. um, they can't help it they i just were, uh, they're born that way i just saw on amazon prime there's a new movie um with thomas riley in it and some other big name actors about uh parents getting together in an apartment and and it kind of gets they one of the kids is their kids is bullying the other kid and it gets to be a big thing and it's supposed to be like a really well acted. So I'm like, oh, I might want to see this. And then I go, a film by Roman, Roman Polanski. No. And I'm like, motherfuckers. I'm like, this guy should not be getting any work. Should not These fucking actors should not be working for him or with him. This motherfucker is still um, um, hiding from justice when he raped a 13-year-old. In the United States. Drugged right? and raped a 13-year-old. He can't come back to the United States, no. can he? Because they'll arrest him. But there's still motherfuckers in Hollywood that'll work with him and say, oh, it's okay. No, fuck you, pieces of shit. 
So that, that's why I'm still I'm, I'm bitter about these people getting away with this kind of shit. Well, you know what? Most of the world is. I Trump wasn't wrong when he said there's a lot of shithole countries. Mm-hmm. There are there are a lot of countries populated by people who are just, you know, they're willing to do bad things to their neighbor to get ahead. There are countries that are populated with people who are just, they just want to be, who is it who said, um, I can't, that freedom is nat- not the natural state of humanity. Yeah. I can't remember who that was. Well, how dare you? Well, it's been sad. How dare you say that? that it's been sad. You can't attribute it. Yeah. Like, uh, but it's, well, it's like, it's like banana republics. You have, there's no justice because even, I mean, the, the guilty go free and the free get locked up because of political reasons. These, you know, the, you know, these, um. Um, farces for for justice, or you know, these you got basically warlords in charge of the courts. All that, yeah. That I'm glad we don't have that here. So, what's here's another quote. And I don't know who said this. It's better a uh, uh, hundred men go, a uh, hundred guilty men go free than one innocent man be. John Adams. Okay. Do you know where it's from? No. It's from the uh, trial of Boston Massacre. Okay. He defended the British uh, officers. Do you know I, why? Well, someone had to do it. Somebody has to defend them. Yeah, he didn't want to do it, yeah. but somebody has to. Yeah. And I get that, and I understand that, and I do. I, I get. I get the point of that. And so, in order to have a, a system that is a legitimate system, you have to be extra careful not to not to just become a banana republic and just decide to you know if if, if the court of public opinion says so, it, that's what it is. You know, regardless of the of the of the uh, ev- evidence. So I get it, but it's still frustrating. <laughs> Well, it was funny, you know, my, uh, and talking about people who just want to be led, my oldest was asking me today, he's like, dad, how come when the Jews were being led into the trains, they didn't fight back? And I said, at one point, they, some of them did. And it was too little, too late. Mm-hmm. There was a couple weeks where I can't remember what the Jewish underground was that fought. I mean, they fought and they killed a lot of Germans and then they just got crushed. Yep. And I said, because... Just like, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the Jacob Wetterling case, the kid who was abducted uh, in Minnesota years ago, um, and they finally caught the guy, Danny Heinrich, that piece of shit who killed him. But, you know, he drew a gun on the kid, and he told the kid's friends, hey, go, and, you know, kid, come with me. And I said, at that point, you got to run. You got to make the guy shoot. You got to – because if you get in the car, you're dead. But the one – Good thing that came out of reading the book, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which was a terrible book. Don't read it. Terrible movie, too. Yeah. There's one point where the guy has the bad guy has the other guy, the the main character, uh, you know, in his sights with a gun, handgun. And he makes a stupid statement about, I can hit you from here. You can't get. No, it's whoever wrote that. Steve Larson didn't know anything about guns. Anyway, so this guy says, uh, you're not going to run. Because people will do anything to stay alive. And I was telling my son that. I said, they're getting on the boxcars knowing something bad could happen. But if but they maybe do not. if they do something right now, they die. Yeah. You know? And if they're And there's a chance that things something will happen where they Yeah. They won't end up getting taken to their deaths. Maybe the they'll be taken somewhere else. They're just it's just you know, hopefulness. Yeah. If you are walking past soldiers with weapons and you say, I think this is going to end badly for me, but if I try and jump this guy and take his gun away, I will die here mm-hmm. in this spot. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah, so I was waiting for that chance, waiting for that chance, waiting for the chance, and then... Yeah, and I said, at some point, 
you know, it needs people to step up and say, I'm doing it because maybe the next guy does it and the next guy does it. And, you know, I don't know. I think you have to, at that point, sort of decide what you are. But I think at least, certainly not in a physical sense, but more of an intellectual sense, I think people are starting to stand up and say, yeah, I'll take the bullet for this, you know. Um, and I, I think they find out that the people they think are going to shoot them either are bad shots or they don't. <laughs> They, it, they just don't do it. You know? But sometimes you f- you'll realize there's still a, you know, just as many, if not more sheep. And then there's just like the bucket of, of what is it? Bucket of crabs. You hear about that. Mm-mm. So crab fishermen, they'd go, they or fishermen, they go fishing and they um, take a bucket full of crabs and they put it on the dock and they put, wouldn't put a lid on it. And people that don't know any better, they go, well, won't, won't the crabs get out? He goes, no, watch. And so what happens is a crab that gets to the towards the top and starts making its way. The other crabs reach up and grab them and pull them down. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I mean, maybe that's just a you know just like a story, but that I mean that, that's supposedly true. That's that's like a, a known thing where as soon as a crab as soon as a crab makes it to the top and might might make it out, the other crabs pull them back down so they don't ever have to cover the bucket because these little bastards are so. And I I think the whole thing is like they're so mad that they're getting out that they're not. But that's probably not not the case. But yeah. But there's people like that. They don't want to see you, you know, make it if they're not going to make it. Yeah. So they're going to make sure you don't make it. Well, it's like Adam Carolla says. It used to be when he was a kid, you'd see somebody drive by in a Cadillac and be like, "That's a nice car. I want to have a nice car someday." Mm-hmm. I bet you that guy worked hard and earned that car. And yeah. How goes, can I now? Do that? It's yeah. like now it's like that guy shouldn't have that car because I don't have that car. Someone should take that car or, and give everyone Cadillacs. Yeah. You know. So no, well, most people want to be given shit without working for it now. Well, and, they, and you tell your you tell kids that unless you earn it, you don't appreciate it, and that's a good lesson to learn early on in life. And I don't think anybody kind of teaches that or takes that to heart anymore. We I've stated this before, but I have a friend who's got a coworker who's like uh, very jealous of the area we live in and all this, and and he says, you know, oh, I wish I could get ahead like that. The guy makes a shit ton of money, he way more than he thinks, but he thinks he's oppressed and all this mm-hmm. and and i've i've wanted to say to this guy look you're the first generation of your family that sort of gotten to any sort of level at all you know my grandfather used to have to unload grain from boxcars with a shovel he didn't go to college he didn't have a lot of stuff he grew up in a real hard scrabble life i don't have that life because he worked hard his son my dad worked hard and my kids will have an easier life. But people want to look at that now and go, well, I want some of what that third, fourth, fifth generation has. It's like, well, you're not even the first generation of your family. You're not shoveling anything. Mm-hmm. You need to understand. And this is something Asian families oh, have yeah. come here and started. They understand. You know, they will work hard through yeah. that stage. Not really ever expecting to get anywhere. But their kids damn well better. And those kids beyond them better go farther. And that's why they are considered white now. Yes, exactly. They're because, part of whiteness. Yeah, because you can't you can't put uh, expectations. Well, on I mean, even the shooter at the at the uh, in Colorado, um, you know, he's Syrian, so he's basically white. Didn't we just bomb that country? <laughs> I don't know. On that note, we're running late. So if you want to get in contact with us, email it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast dot com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast dot com. And there's this thing called Facebook. We're on it. It's bread and circuses podcast. Go there, give us some feedback, like it, share it, do all that stuff. It helps. But fuck Zuckerberg. Yes, damn it. See you, bye.